It's another episode of Movies You Should Love with Lauren and Scott. Welcome, movie lovers, to another special episode of Movies You Should Love. Well, more specifically, this is uh, Superheroes You Should Love, this kind of on-again, off-again, ongoing series uh, of, of podcasts in which we kind of look at superheroes, why we love them, you know, why we gravitate towards them. Um, and in a very unprecedented move, a uh, friend of the show, Justin North, has barged into the studio and is holding a gun to my head and is uh, has forced his way onto this podcast, which, you know... I would have invited him. He's a good guy. He's one of my best friends, and uh, he's got a lot to say. And also someone who doesn't own a gun, so this is a very surprising turn of events. Well then, sir. Well, The upper you know, hand is now mine. If you're... If, you're, if this you is know, not a real gun pressing in my back. No, that's that's just a banana that I picked up on the way out the door. Uh, Never mind. I always take a banana to a party. Uh, <laughs> So, Justin, um, sorry, if I had not yet said your name, this is Justin North joining us in this uh, particular episode. Because you, sir, um, I know we've talked a lot about this uh, in our real lives outside of the podcast. Um, You are a big, big fan of Indiana Jones. Yeah. um, I don't know. Scott and I have been talking about um, just superheroes you should love and, and the how much I was enjoying the show just as someone who is, you know, a friend of Scott's and a friend of the show and just someone who really enjoys listening. Um, and one of the things that I really have enjoyed, Scott, I'm about to, I may rip a hole right now in the time space continuum. So this might blow your mind hole. Okay. So just, just be prepared. Try not to be worried, but continue. Okay. I know. Okay. There's, there have been these broadcasts that have been making their way back to 2013 from the future. And it's, um, it's, well, I don't really know how else to explain it other than to just say it. It's a robot carrying your memories and your personality uh, that was programmed by the ghost of Dean Tripp. Oh! Another friend, another friend of the show. Uh, and they're calling it The Last Cast. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, I've heard this. I'm not sure what to. I'm not sure what to make of the whole thing. It's the whole thing is really weird to kind is. of know that your future self, I guess, it's, is doing something. Well, it's super weird for me because I'm sitting there listening to you talk to Dean Tripp, and I'm thinking I should just call you and go, "Hey, man, that was a really good." You know, I enjoyed the conversation you guys had about Batman or whatever. Right. And uh, but I I realized that I can't. You'll have no recollection of the, it. So. Yeah, I might I might have anything to add at the. It won't, yeah. it won't work. But one of the things I just I really enjoyed and i don't think that that it's he's directly that he's a superhero necessarily but mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about batman is that uh, and and the ghost of dean trip and the android carrying the memories and sadly the i don't know why it's sadly i don't understand i, 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 don't, say, why, why? I don't understand why it's sadly the personality of scott fogg but that you know whatever I think that just tells you. Uh, you dare know, you, sir? I, I, how dare I? I? I believe that it's actually Dean Tripp that that you know was it was responsible for all of that. But anyway, mm. um, you know, Batman is not a regular guy, but he's the closest thing to a regular guy we have that fall into kind of the superhero. Right. I guess Batman and then I guess Tony Stark and Iron Man are kind of the the two closest characters we have to being air quotes. For anybody who's not in a video chat with Scott right now, um, uh, you know, a regular guy. Yeah, they're, just, uh, they're, they're they're incredibly smart regular dudes. Yeah, with a ton <laughs> of money, just yeah. an absolute boatload of money. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and and I think that's cool, and I love both those characters. In fact, those are two of my favorite comic book characters ever. But at the same time, um, 
you know, I, I almost, I, I'm kind of torn between it, especially now having been listening to the last cast and the stuff that, the, that you guys talk about mm-hmm. in the future about Batman. Uh, I'm kind of torn between feeling like he's not a regular dude, but he also, he still kind of is because he doesn't have like mutant powers. He doesn't have, I mean, he's super smart and he has a lot of money, but he, that's something that someone in real life could actually be. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, and and for me, I've always been, like you mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, um, a huge Indiana Jones. I'm going to say, go ahead and say fanboy or nerd. Um, I love Indiana Jones. Yeah. So, um, and for me, he's kind of a, an everyman kind of character uh, and mm-hmm. someone that I don't necessarily feel like he should be included in the uh, superheroes, but definitely up there in the heroes. Because he, he does some pretty extraordinary uh, stuff and there's some yeah. supernatural kind of crazy mm-hmm. stuff that happens to him. It definitely kind of exists, kind of in a slightly fantasy realm. Um, well, here's the here's the thing. Like you told me you wanted to be on the episode, and I was going to say no. Then you barged in here, so but here we are recording with but, my banana. <laughs> with your banana. Um, but That's not uh, a euphemism, anybody. There's actual fruit here in the studio. Imagine my disappointment. I'm sorry. Um, so, but anyway, you said that you wanted to talk about Indiana Jones. You thought it'd be an interesting uh, addition to this uh, superhero discussion. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know, is Indiana Jones a superhero? Then I started thinking about Indiana Jones, and I thought about Nathan Drake, and I thought about James Bond. And oh, I, man, Nathan Drake. Don't even get me started on how right? much I love that dude. And, you know, as of last night, I, I, I had to force myself to put down the new Tomb Raider game, because it's pretty phenomenal. And they all, those, you know, you look at those set of characters um you know all those adventure archaeologists as well as even i would i would throw james bond in there um you could call all of them just like regular people who do these big heroic things and so i kind of went well what's the difference then between a what's what makes yeah, a, where's, what's where's a that superhero line? yeah what, where's that know? line between being someone who's like really heroic and being a super i'm using air quotes again right. super hero <laughs> and my my thought and you tell me what you think about this um to me if you say a hero, a hero can be anybody. It could be you just stepping up to the plate to, you know, help somebody out. They're stranded on the side of the road. You become their hero for the next three hours because you you help them. You get, you know, you get them gas. Maybe you fix their tire. You're a hero. That's awesome. You, you could have said no, but you said yes. You took the challenge and you became somebody's hero. A yeah. hero is somebody who runs into a a, bil- a of a, a house that's on fire and save somebody. You know, a, a regular guy, a regular gal who says, no, I am going to do something about this. A superhero is somebody who does that on a, <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> um, and so, when you look at someone like Indiana Jones, I'm, I'm totally cool with including him in this uh, category of superhero, if you will, because of the serialized nature of his adventures. Oh, that's fine, and we don't even have you to. Know, you know I, what I mean? It's like, yeah, if, if, and, if and, it was just one movie, he might just be like this cool guy. But he's somebody who we all, yeah, he he exists in that same realm because when we show up to one of his movies, we know what to expect. You right. we know this, 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 and this is going to happen at some point. We don't know in what order. We don't know what's going to happen. But we know he's going to solve it, and we we know probably the villain's going to be there is going to bring about their own demise due to their own hubris because that's just kind of what happens, you know. Yeah. Indiana Jones is the grounded one, and everybody else is crazy. <laughs> well, know? and I'm I'm totally cool with with you know I'm not suggesting that we have to start including Indiana Jones in superhero conversations. I guess my point was more 
the one that you already made, which is where is that line? Mm-hmm. Where does you know where does? And yeah, I, I here's here's something just not for nothing. Go. But um, you guys have been talking about superheroes and superhero movies, and I love all of it. I think it's all great. <laughs> um, but I'm someone who didn't read comic books growing up, right? Very much. Um, uh, Scott and I have talked about on numerous occasions. Um, the fact that I came to appreciate Spider-Man uh, from the animated series that happened, I guess it was on Fox. Yeah, Fox uh, Kids had the... Uh, yeah, when I was younger. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why I love the I new... Fox Kids. Uh, or just regular Fox, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I know Fox had, like, the... If they had the X-Men... And they had yeah that's and that's another like the like a lot of a lot of my experiences Batman and yeah a lot of the my experiences with those things with Batman well truly Batman started when I was much younger and was watching the Adam West right. TV show um, which I'm sure was already in reruns at that point maybe why I didn't ever get a complete story <laughs> like all of the all of the you know you, get, you just saw the cliffhanger episodes you get the cont- <laughs> yeah you get the contained parts like yeah he caught this dude but then the relationship between you know Bruce and, and other people that's supposed to carry on throughout the episodes I never really understood any of that because I, I think I was watching him completely out of order but um a lot of what I've experienced from those those characters or those you know that, that genre in general uh, came from watching animated series when I was younger. And I think that's why I love the new uh, the Amazing Spider-Man so much. I can appreciate the Tobey Maguire uh, mm-hmm. setup, but for me, I the the new Amazing Spider-Man is much more. Uh, it's more of a direct continuation. It's of more of a direct continuation, or it's tailored after the right. the version that that I kind of, for lack of a better word, grew up with. Um, no, and so, I, 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 and I think what I think is really cool, and what I hope, um, uh, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding um, incredibly uh, elitist. There's um, not a whole lot of things that you do know how to say without. <laughs> without an incredibly elitist. Sir, this is a family podcast. Uh, if it wasn't, I would have some choice words for you right now. <laughs> We'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> save those for a moment. No, what I, what I was going to say is like as. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm just going to say it, and for, if, say if, it. If, I'm not be offended. if it sounds one way or the other, listener, I, I don't really mean it. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of new converts to nerddom in the past ten years. You know, um, not to say that you weren't a nerd growing up. I know you, sir. <laughs> and boy was I a nerd I just didn't have but, the, uh, the artwork in hand to prove it right but when it but when it comes to like you know like I did kind of grow up reading comic books like my you know I've said it I've, I know I've told the story here on the podcast already but you know uh, my mom got me started on this she recorded the first Superman off television for me and I, I wore that tape out watching it over and over again and then I found out there were comic books about this guy Superman and so they're like holy crap I was off to the races and I haven't yeah. looked back um, but I you know I now you have all these really amazing movies that are coming out these phenomenal the phenomenal Batman trilogy you have the the Iron Man movies the Spider-Man movies the X-Men movies all these movies are coming the out Avengers, and pe- the Avengers which I just got to just got to see recently right um I was way way behind but how I, great is that movie I, I actually bought it off of iTunes like I bought the high, high the HD high def digital copy yeah. sight unseen <laughs> because Scott and so many other people were just like, "Oh, it's so good, man!" It is uh, gotta see. And I was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna buy it because I know I'm gonna love one it." One of my favorite movies from last year. It was just so fun. The whole movie is just like this is just fun superhero adventure heroics. Um, but what I was going to say is like I I hope that 
those of us who have been reading the comic books for, you know since the 90s and earlier those you know those nerds much older than me um i hope that we are not too elitist um because the, the the fact of the matter is, uh, com- the people who read comic books they exist in a very small niche of society, and it, it's it's a, it's a it's a group of people that have kind of grown and shrunk throughout the years, and now that these movies are coming out, um, it's really exciting. And the the great thing is, and what I think they'd be really smart to continue to do is to tailor make some of these um, movies based on people's knowledge of the 90s cartoons you know it's like yeah it doesn't it doesn't do them a whole lot of good to make a movie well like if you look at the green lantern movie um it doesn't make them a whole lot of good does do them a whole lot of good to make that at all (laughs) well yeah it's like it's hard i'm not sure where to point my finger of blame at that because i think ryan reynolds did a a decent job Um, in the role dude everybody anybody who smacked ryan reynolds around on the internet is a coward and a fool. Yeah. Because Ryan Reynolds is a great actor. I mean, okay, he's, he's a good actor. Well, he's, but I mean, he's he's got the chops to pull off. He's a got movie. the chops to pull off whatever they put in front of him. But the yeah. problem is, but I, they it might put in front of him whatever they put in front of him, and yeah. that you know he's got to deliver. He didn't write the thing. No, but I think it may have been a lot smarter for them to put John Stewart, not the fake news guy, the black guy from the Justice League cartoon. You know, because he is a character who exists in the comic books, but I think you and other people who you know maybe saw the cartoon would have gone, "Oh, it's Green Lantern! It's that guy from the cartoon I grew up on! I should totally watch this." Instead of going, "No, no, this is Hal Jordan. This is somebody you do not know." I'm sorry, everyone. That's that's not a child crying. That is our cat, and I don't know what her particular problem is. Listen here, cat. We're talking about very serious things. You wait your turn. I have Scott has. Two do- actually, I think are two we- dogs and three cats. Do you have three cats? I got. I used to have two dogs, two cats, and one of them wisened up and joined the circus. He, he wisened up and got the heck out because uh, <laughs> our dogs are enormous. They're big enough to ride, as is one of Scott's. It's true. Um, the other one is smaller than my cat. Um, <laughs> Peek no, behind the I, curtain, gentlemen. I <laughs> I agree with you. I have the same kind of. Um, nerd rage if you will over people who like I'm I actually really like the fact that uh, it's kind of cool to be a nerd now that it's mm. it's not just okay it's like part of popular culture to right. be into being nerdy stuff into nerdy stuff the geek have taken over the earth yeah we finally inherited it um, which is great and and I love it and I think it's a great thing at the same time, I do kind of have some of this bitterness in the back of my mind, like, you're not really in Where there. were you when I was where fucking were you? the Star Wars yeah. micro-machines in the where 90s? Were, yeah, exactly. Where were you <laughs> back in the day? And honestly, I'll tell you, I think the reason that I never got into reading comic books wasn't... Um, it wasn't that I didn't... It, I think part of it was ignorance. Part of it was the fact that I didn't realize that those things were out there. I didn't realize that Batman was based off of a comic book. Mm-hmm. And by the time I figured that out... Um, I kind of I I looked at it when I was kind of in my um, my early teens, mm-hmm. and there was this whole and and people can bash on the new Fifty Two all they want and that's fine whatever. Um, <laughs> I think a cat just died. <laughs> Sorry, one's about to. <laughs> There's about to be recording equipment from my office thrown at this cat. Theoretically, it shouldn't be the microphone we're recording with, but um, <laughs> that'd be a horrible, horrible noise. Um, <laughs> gosh, man. That's okay. It's okay. What? We're gonna have to edit this part out. 
This is why. This is gold. This is podcast gold. Me, this me is murdering what, me murdering my cat on air is not going to be podcast gold. This is what Laura and I have discovered that people really enjoy about podcasting is like the weird hiccups that happen in between. They don't oh, they yeah. don't tune in for the the commentary on. Oh, movies. they don't. They don't give a crap about that. No. Like no. what animals do these people there's, have? There's a ghost train apparently rocking through uh, the, the last cast. Super out. creepy. Don't have to deal with that. But I I feel like I I so I kind of feel the same kind of like. You know, yeah. Why would? Why are you here? You know, you just jumped on a bandwagon because it's cool now. But at the same time, I kind of understand people who didn't grow up reading comic books because when I looked into it when I was like, uh, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, mm-hmm. there was because the New Fifty Two hadn't happened, and and I know people who are longtime comic book readers. Some of them have a, a deep seated hatred of the New Fifty Two, and I understand why. Like I can understand the whole thing. But when you start getting into comics and you ask somebody either someone who just is another another person who reads comic books or you go to a comic book store and you ask somebody you know i went in and was like hey i really dig batman what should i read right and the answer i got was this convoluted thing where i was going to have to buy like this gigantic stack of old comic books and read and read and read and read just to catch up to where the story was at that point yeah so then you know anybody the, yeah, the bet. I mean, and this this I, I just makes know, it really inaccessible to people who didn't start way, way, way back. Well, and that's the whole point of things like the New Fifty Two, of like even like Marvel right now has Marvel Now, where they've you know they've kind of Marvel. It's, it's called Marvel Now. Yeah, I don't understand it, but <laughs> I mean New Fifty Two, I kind of get, but like Marvel Now, <laughs> Marvel Now, Excelsior. Uh, yeah, well, the, it gets Marvel now. The, the, the nice thing about what Marvel did is like they didn't actually reboot their franchise; they just relaunched it, and so it's like all the all the continuity still exists, but they basically have a bunch of number ones. So if you walk into the comic book store and are like, "I've heard there's going to be a new Iron Man movie coming out this summer," can I read Iron Man books? And they go, "Here, they're on issue six right now. So if you just go over there, you can pick up five issues of Iron Man, and it's not like this huge daunting. Well, there's a fifty year so history they just, of like start new storylines. Basically, with- yeah, there was a there was a big kind of story crossover called uh, Avengers versus X Men AVX, and at the end of it, um, they basically just kind of said, okay, starting in January, um, there's going to be everything is going to be at issue one again. Um, and but the story continues. But this is like you know for for the for the nerds out there, this is like volume six of Captain America number one. Um, and you don't have to worry about everything because they're saying you know we are writing these stories in a way that you can jump on right now. You pick up Captain America issue one, and you're going to be introduced to Steve Rogers. You're going to be introduced to the world of Steve Rogers. Anything you don't know is because that's what our story is, and we the story will be explained in issue two and issue three. Um, See, I think that's really. I mean, I think it's a, a dumb name but i think it's a really smart idea because you know with the new 52 and them kind of like you know kind of re instead of just re you know launching it's like they rebooted yeah and so it's just a little bit weird i mean i know i've said this to you off off air and what i would tell when i what i'd like to tell everybody anybody who's listening and if you you listen to this podcast or if you uh are watching these movies that are coming out and you're like this sounds interesting this looks interesting i i don't know where to begin the best thing you can do is one of two things uh first i would recommend finding a spirit guide you know, find somebody, a friend of yours that you know is in on this stuff. Somebody you can trust who can walk you through it. I've got dibs on Scott. <laughs> just, just, just hands off internet. Uh, but um, 
it, because the th- the truth of the matter is, you just have to dive in. You just have to pick your entry point and just go in, and then and just know that this is an industry that's been around for 70, 80 years. You know, yeah. the first Superman comic, first Batman comic came out in the thirties. Yeah, well, and, and that's nobody, a really good point. That's actually very similar to Doctor Who. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I you know I I had never, but the the thing for me with Doctor Who was, you introduced me to Doctor Who. Um, as you stated on this podcast previously, uh, you got me addicted to Doctor Who. But before you brought Doctor Who up to me, like you didn't actually tell me when you told me, hey, you should really watch this. I think you would dig it. Yeah. You were like, you didn't tell me, hey, there's this show has been on since, you know, decades before you or I were born. Yeah. And, you know, has is continued on. You just said, hey, there's this show. I really dig it. Um you can either watch all of the Chris Eccleston version, you know, episodes, or I can just tell you what happened, and you can jump on a David Tennant, just yeah. because you knew that I I would connect with David Tennant more. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and it's the same kind of thing. I just jumped in, and there was a lot of history that I didn't know, and some of it that I still don't know, but it's not actually hurting me. I still love the Doctor, yeah. oh, and, that's, and, and I that's... still, you know, I know enough about the Time Wars, mm-hmm. and I know enough about, every, you know, all of that, the major points of his background to be able to enjoy what's going on. And that that's the that's the fun of I think of serialized adventures, um, because I mean yeah I mean I've I've seen all of the new relaunch of uh, D- of Doctor Who, and I'm, I'm slowly kind of making my way through some of the older stories. There's a lot of there's a lot of older stuff that doesn't need to be watched ever again. You know, there's <laughs> by anyone. There's some stuff that's really rough. We're just like wow, this is I'm, this must have this had to have been bad even in the 70s. But you know, it's what's what's been fun is to see like for example, like Matt Smith, his doctor number 11 is very similar to the second doctor. And so um we, I've gone back and watched a couple episodes, a couple adventures with the second doctor and they're in black and white and they're definitely of their time but there's still a lot of fun you can still see a lot of the imagination going on but the point of it is it's like that's at my own speed that's at my own pace same with comic books i've been reading spider-man since 1990 um and i've gone back and gone hey you know i i enjoy spider-man and i enjoy these characters um I, he- I keep hearing people talk about this gwen stacy character and she was in the new movie um but by the time i started reading gwen stacy was already dead um spoilers yeah, can we not talk about that? Because I, I don't know how long in the future Emma Stone is going to die in the new Spider-Man movies. Yeah, but the fact uh, that she's going to die at all makes me want to fly to Hollywood and punch somebody in the I face. Mean, I mean, to those, I mean, to the, they want to You and Lauren have talked about the adaptation process yeah. on the non-superheroes you should love. Um, yeah, they will do specifically when you were talking about adapting Harry Potter, which is yeah. you know like holy to some people. Yes, I'm just going to put this out there, so it's out on the internet. Um, there, Fox and Marvel. Please, for the love of all that's holy, if you're going to adapt Spider-Man into a movie, just just keep Emma Stone around. <laughs> just a personal request. I like Gwen Stacy, and I love Emma Stone. Well, and that's, that is all. That's the thing, and that's the interesting thing about Gwen Stacy. To those of us who've read the comics, um, she's known as this. She is a galvanizing point in Spider-Man's story. It's like, and in comic history. Um, usually, dead does not mean dead. Dead usually means gone for a couple of years, and until we find a clever way of coming back. The only two people who have never come back is Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy. And, yeah. By the way, Martin Sheen freaking playing Uncle Ben and dying. Right. Ugh. And then I and I just yesterday finished watching the last episode of the last season of The West Wing. Yeah. 
which is a whole separate show in and of itself. You and me talking about Aaron Sorkin, yeah, which yeah. he didn't he didn't write that, but um, man, phenomenal show. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, but no, I was I was just when I saw Uncle Ben die, and it was Martin Sheen. <laughs> it was really sad. Well, but, but honestly, that's I mean, that's the that's what they they can they can do whatever they want with the movies. Those of us who have read the comics, kind of as soon as they said Gwen Stacy's in this, we all kind of went, okay, so uh-huh. this is the story that's going to be told. Her dad's going to die. She's going to hate Spider Man, and at some point, she too will uh, probably die. I don't know. I mean, it, it could go either way because in the Ultimate comic books, which is a separate continuity that's confusing to newcomers that I love, um, Gwen's still around. She kind of uh, she kind of died and then she came back, and so like right now she's hanging out with Spider Man. They insane. We both yeah. shoulder shrugged. Everybody, it, we yeah, exactly. So, it, it could go either. It could go either direction. Um, that's also something that's really kind of weird and confusing that you'd have to get into or or kind of. I know you had said the words suspend your your disbelief when you're talking about watching older Doctor Who and even some of the newer Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, but that's something that, like, having characters just, oh, she's dead. Oh, no, wait, she's really not. Or he's dead. Oh, no, well, he's actually not dead. He's over here. He you was know. trapped in a pocket dimension. Yeah, he was tra- he's trapped in this other dimension for a while, <laughs> which as a Doctor Who fan, I can kind of go, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, yeah, an alternate dimension. That's that's cool, whatever. Oh, but, like, it, it for people yeah. who don't haven't read comic books, that's kind of a weird thing to try and that kind of spins them out a little well, bit. Well, like, the thing so far, they haven't done it with the movies, and I doubt they'll actually get into that because by the time they hit it seems like most superhero franchises once they hit number three either they're done or they're, they reboot it they're, they're basically rebooting or recasting the whole thing and so it's like a lot of there's not a, like you look at the uh the original batman movies there's not a lot of continuity between those four movies not just because actors are changing and directors are changing but just because it's like do you really want to tell a story that spans four movies which you know those four movies are actually the bigger question when you're talking about those older movies scott i think the the bigger question is do you really want to make everything day glow (laughs) hey day glow what a great idea that's what that's what i feel is really missing from the christopher nolan movies was you know day glow and black lights and oh my gosh it's so much bad nipples (laughs) (laughs) you know what i was okay Scott, stop rubbing yourself. That's that's creepy. Um, no, I was actually more okay with bat nipples than I was with everything being day glow. Yeah, that just, that just but, made I mean, me so angry. Honestly, I don't. I don't think unless they have a very specific story they're going to tell. I mean, yeah, I, they're I, not going to go beyond a trilogy. I don't. Uh, yeah, and and because of that, because I mean, honestly, you don't. You can't have actors sign up for the next twenty years of their life. That no one's interested in playing Batman or Superman or Spider Man for that long. Well, and the other thing is, and so yeah, I don't without, think you're going to. You're not going to have like, oh, he died in the first movie, but guess he was back in the fourth. <laughs> you know? Yeah, guess he no. wasn't as dead as we thought. He wasn't as dead as we thought. We buried him, but it turned out it wasn't really him. It was. Oh, never mind. Um, it's embarrassing. We forgot to check the pulse. No, but so I I agree. I think that, and I think that also without having some kind of predefined, the closest thing that we've had to that would be the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, where we had really overall other than. You know, some actors who are older passing away, and yeah. like you know, and them having to bring you know Michael Gambon and his Dumbledore, which I love him anyway, so it's fine; it doesn't really matter. But yeah. um, those kids signed on, so uh, that would, which, did eight movies that that like their entire you know adolescence and, and yeah. their young adult lives have been spent making the Harry Potter movies, which is great. I love them all. Yeah, I've read all the books several times, and that's fine. 
but without having some kind of like here there are seven books yeah so you're are you willing to sign on for how much ever money to do enough movies for us to get through seven maybe eight if we break the last one into multiple yeah. parts are you willing to do that nobody's willing to do that no and even when they signed on they, they were only like in their fourth book so i mean they were signing on to a story that they had no idea how it ended you right. know it's like harry could have become the new voldemort in book five you know yeah book there, six. it could have gone it could have gone it could have gotten really dark and they're like i did not sign on for this i thought i was with this cool magical kid i didn't know i was going to be hated by <laughs> i didn't everybody. realize i was going to turn into the devil right um but I think without that kind of, I think you'd have to. The only way that you could do something where you went beyond three, maybe four movies, would be if you had source material that was so strong yeah. and also so very clearly defined yeah. that you could say, "This is how long we want you to do this for." But with a lot of the comic book characters, that's way tougher to do because it's not a well, exactly. seven years of going to a school. It's that's what I was about to say. Is that that's impossible for comic books because it's a seventy-year-old story you know and that the reason you have this um fluid relationship uh, with death in comic books is that it's like you have the you know one writer shows up is like i have this amazing story batman's going to fight the joker in the end the joker dies and it's it's tragic and hilarious and amazing and it's going to propel the next three years of my batman stories and he has this really great four-year run two years later someone shows up and goes you know who i miss is the joker is there a way we could bring him back? Let me pull out that comic book. How did he die? He just fell off a bridge, and they never showed his body. Yeah, then they per, they pull a Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Exactly. exactly. You know, the Reichenbach Falls. Exactly. Speaking Great of which, reference. they just started filming the third season of Sherlock, BBC. Can't <laughs> wait. Um, um, and no, so, I, I mean, so that I mean, that's why you know the same thing happens in soap operas. It's like, oh, we killed that character. Don't, 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 no, no, don't do that. No, I don't, it, I don't care that there's a parallel there. It's, it's, can, it's can a, we not? No, I know. It's, it's, it's a very, the same thing. it's a very strong parallel, and it's, it's a very strong parallel. It's, I was just it's, one that I don't want to it's discuss. The, it's the same situation where they go, oh, you know, we killed that character, but that actor is available again, and we always like working with him slash her. Let's bring them back as a twin brother we never knew existed. You know, it's the, and. Yeah. It's it's one of the it's one of the pitfalls I think of serialized uh, storytelling that thankfully hasn't touched movies yet because again movies while they can be serialized don't have that longevity of like the only franchise that really has had that kind of longevity that we could look at and see what they've done with is the Bond franchise. You know, it's like there's a there's a franchise that's twenty odd movies well, long. Yeah, it's like the Bond franchise or going back to you know a, a TV series Doctor Who. Yeah. Where, like Doctor Who, they actually have a reason. They explain that he can regenerate, and that's why he's a different Doctor dude every Who time. Is amazing, the, and I, I love the I love the pulling the hair down. You know, the still not a ginger and the outrage. Yeah, being a ginger myself, <laughs> um, that he has. But no, the Bond series, it it's not even really a series. I mean, there's not really it, it's the Bond the Bond franchise is fascinating because it's it's you. It's hard to approach it and know what exactly it is because, like with the with the Doctor Who, what's really kind of amazing is that for all of its, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of continuity errors if you actually pull out the charts and map the whole story, but it actually works. Like the yeah. way they've set up the characters, it actually works. So that you can say, no, no, when he was hanging out in the 70s without his TARDIS, that happened, and then he grew up, and this happened, and that those people he was working with they've died because that they were old in the 70s and he's moved on to this thing and this thing and this thing and so you could actually chart a story with james bond there's only like really two mo- well 
Like the Daniel, this new this new Daniel, Daniel Craig series is the only ones that where there's like continuity that really continue, like continuity. a story that but there, continues. There there is in the the old movies um, on His Majesty's Secret Service. Well, I think the first movie that really had a strong continuity. It's the only it's the George Lazenby film, um, and it's his, it's his only move. It's only time as Bond, and in that movie he starts off the movie married because at the end of the last movie Bond got married, and so in that movie. Um, his wife is killed and so it's kind of a revenge story um but that you have this moment of like oh this is an ongoing story and it's one of those things that kind of has been swept under the rug um there hasn't been any references to bond having a wife um and it's weird to me like that whole series because it's like there isn't really a strong through line it's like it do they just kind of keep making these adventures but then you have people like um uh Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, played the same character for the past two Bonds. You know? I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at Dame Judy Dench. She is a fantastic actress. I love her in everything she's ever done that I've ever seen. Um, uh, the most exotic Marigold Hotel, and I probably slaughtered the name of that movie because it's it's kind of an odd title. Was a beautiful film, but. Um, every time I hear anyone say Dame Judy Dench, I you think, think of, Dame Edna, don't you? No, I don't. Actually, <laughs> I think of the scene in Love Guru where Stephen, I think it's Stephen Colbert. Somebody, I think it's Stephen Colbert, is apologizing <laughs> to her for the brutal beating that he gave her, <laughs> and he like wishes her a speedy recovery and that the staples should be coming out soon. <laughs> And I just can't. I can't hear Dame Judy Dench. I can hear Judy Dench, but anytime anybody say because of the way Colbert right. delivers it, my apologies to Dame Judy Dench for that horrible. So, no, I agree. And Bond, Bond is one of those. And it's almost like they don't treat it until this most recent Daniel Craig set mm-hmm. like there's a continuing story. It's like yeah. there's this character. He's basically the same guy overall, yeah. personality wise. And here are his adventures, you know. Right. Like, I, I do. Yeah. Here's here's from Russia with love, and feel, that's yeah. I think the closest thing, thing. You, yeah, I think the closest thing you get to continuity with the Bond films tend to be within a certain actor's time as Bond. Yeah, like, like link, Connery, or and you can kind of link those stories together, yeah. and you can kind of link these together. Every once in a while, you have those that kind of overlap. Like it's to me, it's still the strangest thing to know that Dame Judi Dench uh, was uh, M. To both Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig, when Daniel Craig was kind of supposed to be like this reboot of the franchise, going back to his early days, and you're like, look at look at Q. Q's been until the actor who played Q, and forgive me, I've I've I don't remember his name. Yeah, um, he passed away. And passed then, away, and then after had, doing like most of the Bond movies, no, he had done every one of them. Yeah, like, the, I saw, I th- or at least that I can. From what I, yeah, I remember, somebody I say, had posted online say, that he had done all of them. Yeah, when I say most, I mean all the ones until he passed he away. Alone. And then John Cleese was R for like two movies. Yeah. And then he disappeared. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, this is all a, a lot of tangential conversations touching on these characters and on these movies. Um, Speaking but, of tangential things, just really quickly before we get to where we're focused you do a again. tangent and, off my tangent? Uh, no, I'm you, you mentioned Batman. This. Uh, earlier, and I just wanted to know, <clears throat> on the record, uh, where what do you think is going to happen with Batman, and what do you think should happen with Batman? And then when I say that, it's obviously in reference to the, the three Dark amazing, and- jaw-dropping Dark Knight series that Christopher Nolan uh, gave us. And I only ask that because it seems like 
there none of the Batman movies up till these three yeah were anything where you could go I could see them going and this is this is a superhero thing in general when you're talking about superhero movies is yeah it's been around for forever in the serial kind of serialized mm-hmm. uh, fashion of being in a comic book but you can look at the Tim Burton Batman movies and go you know what I could do that better and a lot cooler you know I could do something different that people will like yeah I don't know how much better anybody could really ever make Batman okay great question and I have a lot to say on it <laughs> um, we've got time yeah, if anybody th- wants to skip ahead feel free to skip ahead or turn guys, off the podcast go make a sandwich go Come make a sandwich that. in fact while you're there so okay tomato uh, so spoilers for those of you who haven't seen Dark Knight Rises first off shame on you check it out it's a lot of fun um at the end of dark knight rises bruce wayne basically retires from being batman and we have this very strong implication that joseph gordon levitt um john blake as he's called in the movie uh, also his real name may be may or may not be robin um which is so lame but whatever yeah but i still love him i love joseph gordon levitt and he was he was was a great character it was just a really unneeded reference slash joke at the end of the movie but my but at the same time my favorite part of that movie really is kind of that that final 15 minute montage of seeing what happens to everything i love that wayne manor gets turned into an orphanage like it it hit me right in the feels as they say on tumblr (laughs) when i saw that (laughs) this this like the wayne cockles of scott's heart even the subcockle region of Scott's <laughs> subcockle, um, but then we've uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes down into a, a different cave and discovers like this other remote kind of bat cave, and it ends with him kind of being lifted up on this elevator with the Dark Knight Rises with this implication, you know, which goes back to the the the, well, major... I mean, the, the cave that he went into is part of the cave system underneath Wayne Manor, right? Probably. It, it seemed to be. I think that it, would be the it, only it, reason. It looks really it's, similar. It's the only answer. It's the only feasible answer in my mind to why there was an elevator. <laughs> well, to me, it's either it's like it's it's either literally the Bat Cave that we've all known and loved, or Wayne has built. I I, I kind of in my because it, it, it maybe it's just because I've read some of the comics where Bruce will have like um, a cave over here and a he has like this remote bunker over there because we yeah, even saw that cave in, here a bad cave we there. even we <laughs> even. <laughs> We even saw that in the second movie. We, you know, he goes. There's like that place where he has the, the the Batmobile parked, and he goes underground and he tests the guns with. Um, and it's out in the middle of the city somewhere. So yeah. we do know he has underground bunkers that he oh, hides sure. stuff. And um, so anyway, I like so to it, think it's, that it's the it, same it, one though. Yeah, because I mean, it does completely parallel the uh, Bruce's discovery of the cave in the first in Batman Begins. So anyway. Um, the implicate because well, in the in the first in Batman Begins you have Bruce say you know I need to be something that's larger than life something that's elemental something that can be feared and carry on something that's bigger than my name um, bigger than just my person so I love that idea basically of Joseph Gordon Levitt being Batman in the next chapter of this story whether or not that movie ever takes place I love that I love this this passing on the mantle of like this is what I did as Batman what are you going to do as Batman because to me that's kind of the challenge of superheroes is like this is what I do with what I have yes I can fly but what I can't do what you do what are you going to do with that I love that so here's what I think 
I think it all depends on how Man of Steel does this summer, Super, which is the Superman movie that's coming out. Um, I have really high hopes for it. I really hope it does well. I'm a little scared because it's directed by Zack Snyder and produced by Christopher Nolan, two guys I respect and like in their own respective fields, but they both make uh, very dark, kind of gritty movies. Um, and, I lo- and I'll never say anything bad about Christopher Nolan. I just, I hope he... G- because he's only serving as producer i hope he gets superman in the same way he gets batman and i'm okay with superman existing in a dark and gritty world but superman himself is not a dark and gritty character so i hope they don't try to grit him up kind of a thing right right um so depending on how that does i mean what everybody is saying online um coming from both uh official and unofficial sources is that the hope is to launch a justice league movie and Man of Steel would be the first real strong salvo towards that. So um, basically, what they would be doing would be similar to what Marvel has done with the right. Avengers, right? Where you have exactly. individual movies for all of the... All your main characters, and then you make a Justice League movie. I have also heard that Warner Brothers is kind of chomping at the bit, and so they may do it in reverse, where you do the Justice League movie first, and then you do the individual stories, depending on how people respond to the different characters in the movie, which is fine, um, and just another way of uh, doing it. But, again, it goes back to how well Man of Steel is going to perform this summer in the box office, because if it does really well, I think they will then launch into a Justice League movie. They will they will go that direction. Um, if it doesn't do well, I think Warner Brothers will make another Batman movie. Okay, <laughs> because basically Batman's the character they understand. <laughs> Batman's the Batman's the movie they can make really well, um, right? And Batman is you know it, it's 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 so interesting to me as a longtime comic book reader because Superman was the face of DC for the past fifty years. It was always like Superman, and then Batman on his left and Wonder Woman on his right, and that was the the Trinity, the Holy Trinity of the DC universe. Um, and then in the past ten years, it's really Batman has really taken prominence. I I think it's I think the reason for that, and I could be so off base here that's not even funny, but I think Batman's just the easier story to tell and the easier character to make uh, and do it in a way that makes it accessible or relatable to people uh, I, and, and you and that, Dean Tripp of I the think, future I have think talked about I think that's very possible and I think that's man it, it's, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to agree to that when you have when you have such great other superhero movies it's like they made a friggin great Thor movie how the hell did they make a good Thor movie I like yeah. I like Thor I have nothing against Thor. But, but how do you, you make, make a good you Thor movie? A great Thor movie that was really entertaining. The, here's a guy who's like who's basically Superman with his power set, and also he talks in old English. <laughs> well, I mean, at the same time, <laughs> it's like you know, how do you how do you tell that story? And that's Marvel, I know. But how do you make that great movie? And then you look at Superman, and you're like, oh, <laughs> you know. You look at Wonder Woman, and you're like, I don't know what makes her cool. You're like, they made a great Captain America movie, who's about which is a movie about a guy trapped in the 40s and then he's brought into the present time and he's still like a he talks and acts like your grandfather but he's cool I will how did say, you make him cool I will say that, that after watching Captain America and subsequently the Avengers yeah um, I it gives me hope that they can make a good Superman movie because I believe there have been good Superman movies Christopher yeah. Reeve and the I believe that there have been horrible 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 Superman movies watch your mouth 
Um, You're my podcaster. You don't come into my dojo and start throwing fists at me. One one single horrible, horrible, horrible Superman movie. Superman 4. Okay, keep going. Um, yes. <laughs> we'll say it was that one. No, uh, you know what? Superman Returns really wasn't that terrible of a movie. You, you, hey, everybody has overall. It clearly I, didn't do what for they me, wanted it to didn't, do. To me, it didn't really... Um, the way that it was done didn't really deliver on what I wanted to see. No. I wanted to see a Superman movie that, even though at the time I didn't have a kid, that I could imagine if I had like a you know, six, seven, eight, ten year old, whatever, you know, little kid, I could take them to the movies and be like, this is Superman. This is who Superman is. And it's, give, it's going to give them the whole background and the whole story and it's done Superman well. Superman really is the, I mean, out of, to me, in, in my opinion, Superman really is the character you should be able to take the whole family to. You know, yes, some thrunches, some punches are going to be thrown, but ultimately, I think even more than anybody else, he should be the guy. Him and Spider-Man, you should be able to take your six-year-old to a, a Spider-Man or a Superman movie and yes. be like, "This is this guy. He is awesome." Yeah, it's scary, but it's you know what? It's, uh, it's okay because he's going to win in the end. Yeah, you know what I think they could do that I think would make a humongous difference would be, and and obviously with Man of Steel, they're not doing this. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, I think that the existence of TV shows like Smallville and their success prove that you could do what I'm about to suggest, and that is instead of making a Superman movie and that be kind of it, Chris Nolan made three Batman movies. Yeah. Right. And he kind of showed he didn't show every moment of Bruce Wayne's life leading up to him becoming Batman. Yeah. He became Batman pretty quickly but you could make an amazing first out of a trilogy movie where we see clark being put into the little space pod thing and you could treat that however you want and there's a lot of source material you know a lot of different takes on how that happened and whatever um you could do that and then have him grow some of him growing up and and kind of have him learning about his powers and and kind of having some adventures Young, you know, being a little younger, mm-hmm. and then over the course of the three movie total, you could end up having. I think there's a way to do it. There's got to be a good way. There's got to be a way to do it. To you should make- you should rewatch that first uh, Superman movie from 1977, the Christopher Reeve one. It's amazing because it's like a, it's like almost a three hour movie. The first 45 minutes is just Clark in Smallville. Like literally, the first 45 minutes of that movie is what the Smallville TV show was. Right, um, and like you see that, and then you see him put on the suit as Superman. But like it's like a, it's almost a three-hour movie, and Superman doesn't show up for almost the first hour and a half because it's like here's Clark he as a teenager, here's, here's Krypton, here's Clark as a teenager, here's Clark as a young adult, and dun 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 dun, dun here's Superman. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. and it's, I mean, and you could do it that way again. It's if really you kind of to. amazing, and to me, I I think your approach could totally work because um, even again in Batman Begins, it's like. Batman does show up, but he actually doesn't really show up for almost the first hour because the first because that movie is really about Bruce Wayne, right? And so it's it's interesting. Um, I think it could be done. I think there's a way to approach it and make it accessible and exciting and fun and interesting and a big adventure. Um, and I hope they've I, I hope they've cracked the code. I hope they've kind of figured it out with this movie because I think I think Superman is a hero that um, we could really use right now. In, a, in our cinemas, because he's he is different than a lot of them. He's kind of the original, but he's also, I don't know, the things he stands for. You know, truth, justice, and the American way. I think are three phenomenal things to stand for that are misinterpreted, and I think it could be something that could be really inspiring to people. But back to Batman, 
I what I would love for them to do with this next trilogy of Batman movies or moving into the Justice League movie, I want them to continue the story. That would be my that would be my hope and dream. So you would like to see Joseph Gordon Levitt Joseph Gordon Levitt take on the cowl. Be Batman, be Nightwing, be whatever you want to call him. I think you should just make a Batman movie. I don't know if the studio will... I doubt the studio will do this. Because I, to me, I think the studio doesn't understand the character. And so they're just going to be like, well, it's Bruce Wayne. He has to be Bruce Wayne, right? Bruce Wayne's Batman. Yeah. I mean, for, usually. <laughs> you know, but I think... Sometimes. Sometimes he's Dick Grayson. Sometimes he's... Yeah. So, you know, um, he's been... There's, there's another character who was Batman for a while. You know, it's like, the, the, it does happen. But what I think would be really cool is, like, you have this this trilogy that already exists that is really grounded and really... It's, it, the, the, that trilogy is basically, like, this American crime drama that has Batman in it. And it's awesome. What it... it, what it the only thing it doesn't include is all of the science fiction and fantasy from the Batman cartoon and comic books. You know, it doesn't have Clayface. It doesn't have uh, Mr. Freeze. It doesn't have um, some of these really, really cool characters that would be really cool to see on screen. Um, Killer Croc. Uh, even the Penguin has his weird fantasy elements. And I know, and I'm glad they kind of didn't completely retread all the villains from. Yeah. The, the Burton and uh, Schumacher films, but yet there's still room for those characters, and th- that those are some of the adventures I think you could get into that could be a whole heck of a lot of fun, and especially if, let's just say, like if you if you tell the story in this way, the last Batman was this almost analog kind of a hero who didn't deal with fantasy, who didn't deal with science fiction, but then you have this Joseph Gordon-Levitt Batman who's like. I'm going to be Batman. The world needs a Batman. I'm going to be Batman. And he meets Superman. And he's like, holy crap, Bruce did not prepare me for this. This guy can fly and shoot lasers from his eyes. This is a whole new world I'm, I live in now. And then he meets Wonder Woman and the Flash. And he, he could meet all of these people. And he could be this new chapter in the Batman story. It's like, Bruce dealt with this kind of stuff. But now I live in a world where there are aliens dropping from the sky and trying to level cities and i have to be the batman who fights that i have to be the batman who holds who who keeps up with all of these gods and demigods that are showing up every other day um yet i still have to take care of the streets because that's the batman from the comic books and the cartoons is like he's somebody who he still deals with these punks on the street um but at night he goes up to the satellite where the Justice League hangs out and goes, what's going on, guys? And they're like, dude, there's this guy named Darkseid. We don't know what his deal is, but he's threatening the Earth. And Batman goes, okay, well, what's our plan? You know, it's like, he doesn't yeah. go, oh, well, you well, guys have fun with I, that. Uh, got to get, get back, back to, Gotham. to Gotham. I think I'm hearing uh, there is a purse snatcher. I mean, that's not Batman. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like, and, and so to that, me, that's that's the story that would excite me. Is like, I, I, I would love for them to go that direction. Keep him dark, keep him gritty, keep him grounded. But I think there's a way to do all of that and also say um, there are things he doesn't understand. There are maybe there are fantasy elements he doesn't want to accept, but he has to face the fact that here's this character who can do these amazing things and he has to fight them or he has to join forces with them. That's what I would love. I would love for. I both like that idea and wonder how. I'm sure somebody out there could do it. I'm not a movie maker, um, you know, so I just rewatch. You know, go back. I get to just I get to just judge what everybody else makes. But to me, it would be kind of it. It would be interesting, and I would love to see that. To me, the, the hurdle to get over in my mind just now is trying to imagine. Well, it's hard. It's hard to a imagine. Batman from the Gotham that Chris Nolan has built. Right. 
with all of the sci-fi stuff. Well, I mean, like, because then I mean, there's say, little bits of stuff. When I say sci-fi but, stuff, don't don't you know, don't jump to Star Wars and don't jump to Joel Schumacher, because that's kind of. But and unfortunately, that's the only thing we have right now on film. When you when I say sci-fi elements, I say Mr. Freeze. You think of this guy who's like Freeze. You know, you're like the oh. governor. Yeah, you're like, no, that is not Mr. Freeze, you guys. Well, um, and I go mean, go back and watch. I mean, if you can, if it's on Netflix streaming, or if, it, if you, even if you have to get the discs, rewatch some of those. Um, the animated show of the Batman because they nailed it. That's the, that's the level of science fiction I think should be in Batman. It's they like, did, and I remember that that stuff, and I remember what characters you're talking about. I'm just trying to figure out, and this is probably just my limits as. Uh, my imagination evidently isn't isn't able to mm-hmm. kind of cope with what this would look like. But having a Batman, having Joseph Gordon-Levitt take mm-hmm. the mantle, which I would love to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Even to, yeah, go ahead. But having him do that, and having them tie in and kick off the Justice League and have all of this other stuff. The way I would do those it. don't really. But I haven't seen Man of Steel, so if they're going to have. Yeah. I guess I mean, future me has, but no one else has. <laughs> right. So if you know, and I don't know, it, if the if way Man I, of Steel exists, if they keep Superman the way that he should be, and they yeah. keep Clark the way that he should be left, which is alone as far as not messing with any of his yeah. personality or anything, and making him gritty, but he's in a gritty world. If they if they if there's continuity there, if there's kind of a similar feel, then that could definitely work. But. Um, I don't well, know. In my in my head, I'm just seeing like. Here's the thing that you have to remember: um, Gotham exists in the same world as Metropolis. If you can if you can marry those two cities in your head, anything's possible. Right, but the only version the the versions well, they, of Metropolis that are on film right now, they do exist in the same world, but they don't. In my mind, they don't exist in the same world that that the new Gotham that we have exists well, it's, in. It's, Think of you know. Think of a city. You know, no, no. I'll pick on our city of Chattanooga. It exists in the same world as Los Angeles. It exists in the same world as Paris and London. And th- those are radically different cities that have radically different things going on in them that would have no place here in Chattanooga. It's like someone shows up from L.A. and is like, "We're going to do this because that's the way we do it in L.A." We're like. Well, welcome to Chattanooga. Well, I guess I guess maybe not even <laughs> maybe not even comparing them. It's not so much like Metropolis and Gotham existing in the same world. Yeah. It's the version of Gotham that we have on film right now, containing things like, uh, you know, Clayface. What? Well, okay, here's here's the way I would like. I, I I I sit down to watch Spider Man. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff's gonna happen. Right, and I'm cool with it, well, and I'm ready yeah, for it. And the first, movie, and the world is built to contain it and be cool with it. Yeah, that, that first movie, it's like here's a guy who turns into a lizard. You know, you're like, okay, so really anything can happen here because this this does not make scientific sense, but it's cool and fun. So let's do this. You know, and, and neither does you know what happens to Peter, but whatever. whatever. Yeah, we'll um, take it. So here's the way I would do it. The way if I was in charge, if I was over at Warner Brothers right now, and they're like, Scott, I need you to write this. If you need only. to plot this, what would you do? I would make Superman. And then I would make the Justice League. And in the Justice League, I would have Superman basically face... Like, he he hears something. He finds out there's some kind of threat coming to Earth. There's something happening where he goes, I am not big enough for this by myself. I'm going to go... Oh, I've heard about this guy over in Gotham. He seems to have his act together. And phew, he flies over to Gotham, shows up, and is like, 
you're the Batman, right? <laughs> and you have Joseph Gordon-Levitt there going, I am the Batman. You know, it's like, basically, he gets recruited into the Justice League, and then so you 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 see, like, and then you kind of form the Justice League very quickly, and you have that story, and you have that movie, and it's awesome, and everybody loves it. And so, in doing that, you immediately, you pull Batman out of Gotham into this bigger world, this bigger place, and then he goes back. And if you, you know... And then he goes back to Gotham, where he's you. Then in his first movie, you can start incorporating these other things, and you can take it slow. Maybe Clayface isn't the best way to go about it, and maybe Clay, maybe you use a different form of Clayface. Maybe he's not the big mud monster. Maybe he's just this guy who can make uh, cool masks. I don't know, but it's like I would go to Mister Freeze. He's a great character who has just enough of a level of science fiction to make it interesting, and you know. He's another character I would love to see on screen, but you could do that after you've seen Batman fight whatever from Dimension whatever right. next to Superman. Or just the fact that Superman has shown up in Gotham now. It's like now the world is changing. Well, as soon as really, you have a character fly. <laughs> really, to me, Gotham, the, only, the only reason that this is even coming up is that to me, if we keep Joseph Gordon Levitt, then you have to kind of try and maintain a certain amount of continuity if you want it to all kind of tie together really cleanly between now if you didn't have Joseph Gordon Levitt mm-hmm. and you just had a, a new dude playing Bruce Wayne yeah then basically you could use that as a launching point which for a new series which ultimately may be the, the smartest thing for them to do at this point it may be um, the easiest thing because I think I think if I could I, I have no problem sitting down to watch a Batman movie where Clayface is in it yeah or anybody's in it I don't really care like that all that stuff can be in there because it was in the animated series yeah. it's in the comics and I, I like all of it it's just those kind of characters were so purposefully avoided like the plague in the Christopher Nolan trilogy that and he he created a world where they would just I feel like they would feel out of place. No, you're absolutely right. I think that that was that was their approach from the get-go. And, what, and what's amazing is like we, even when you Clayface in the cartoon, he's adapted from the comic book. So that they they even sculpted him, no pun intended, to be a a character that would fit their cartoon. And then when you look at the movies, they stripped all the fantasy out of it. Like, Ra's al Ghul isn't immortal. And in the movie, they're like, well, the title is immortal. He's a guy who lives forever. because He's just a dude, and then he passes there, there, it on. There to- will always be a Ra's al Ghul. And you're like, that's a clever way of approaching the character. But, I mean, they very purposely, from the beginning, said, we are going to base this stuff in actual science, not science fiction, you know, and so you have the scarecrow with his fear gas. You have the Joker just being a lunatic. You have Two Face. You have uh, uh, Catwoman. You have Bane. You have these people. So like Bane's not this guy in the comics. He's got like this venom juice that makes him bigger and stronger. Yeah. In the in the movie, they're like, no, he's just a big dude. You know that that's the end of the story. He's- I don't remember what was the mask supposed to be doing for him in in the in the movie. Yeah, in the in movie the, they kind of hint at some that they kind of say other than having him sound very strange, he's Sean Connery as yeah, Darth Vader. Um, he, I think I've only seen the movie once to be fair, uh, but my recollection is that he suffered some kind of um, damage, some kind of attack, and so like the 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 mask was actually feeding him some kind of drug that was keeping the pain. Oh, that's right. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. It's like he was do it was something that would kind of keep him at some level of functioning that without the mask he could not. 
that's my right. it's it kind of a that was my vague understanding of the no, whole that, thing. that seems like that's um, about right but honestly you know so that's what i would do it may be smarter for them just to reboot the whole thing I just I love the Christopher Nolan series so much that I would love to see that continuity continue, and to have a Batman show up who's already faced the Joker, who's already faced uh, Two Face, and all of these characters. Um, the the my other fear is I heard this other rumor, and this is what I would not like is for Christian Bale to continue as Batman. Um, I love Christian Bale. This is not a slam against Christian Bale, but to me it would be a cop out that would underwrite uh, the last fifteen minutes of Dark Knight Rises. It's like, while there's a part of me that doesn't like the fact that Bruce Wayne kind of gave up being Batman, there's another part of me that goes, well, that fits this story, and this is a very tight trilogy, and I would hate for you know, basically, he passes on to Joseph Gordon-Levitt until Superman shows up, and he's like, well, hold on, I didn't know there was a guy who could fly. Uh, that's really cool. I think that's really cool. Alfred, are you seeing this? I got this. I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that would, be, so that would like, be so stupid. Like, that just wouldn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense for the story, but at the same if time, had not, I also understand where the studio's looking at and going, Christian Bale was awesome as Bruce Wayne and Batman, and he was. Um, so oh, yeah. I, I, it, it makes sense if, for that to also happen. I'll go ahead and say this. If they just... Well... Now, hold on. Let's let's think about this for a second, because something just occurred to me. I was going to say that if they hadn't had Joseph Gordon-Levitt find the Batcave and kind of and do the whole thing where he realizes who Bruce is and yeah. and who Batman, you know, the secret identity and everything. I wonder, like I was going to say, if they hadn't included that, they could have included the the end scene where Bruce is sitting in that cafe. Yeah. And you know, uh, whatever they could have had that, and left out. I was gonna say they could have left out the whole Joseph, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt bit where he finds the cave. Yeah, and then just said, "Surprise! He's really not dead. He's back." Oh yeah. And but and what I just realized though is that they could still do that, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Everybody automatically was like, "Oh, everybody thinks Bruce is dead," or they think not Bruce, not that Bruce is dead, but they think that Batman is dead. Yeah. Um. So then they they basically pivot like the idea because of the way that it appeared in the movie was well maybe he's going to be the next Batman. What if he's not the next Batman? What if he is Robin? In the next, like if they bring if they have Batman come back, I would have to, I'd have to rewatch it um, because I don't know how much verbiage. I don't remember how 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 much this is actually in the story or how much this is us reading into it. But yeah, my understanding is at the end of the trilogy, the world thinks both Bruce Wayne and Batman are dead. So, but it, what we and so I, they may be able to retcon it in a way that doesn't actually. Um, sorry, retcon is a fancy word that means retroactive continuity. Okay, it's new continuity that we are we are presupposing existed three years ago that didn't. And sometimes it's great, and sometimes it sucks. Um, so it happens all the time in comic books, and it drives people nuts. So they could retcon that last fifteen minutes to be basically Bruce is saying uh bruce is dead long live batman you know and so joseph gordon levitt shows up and is like oh i could totally do this and then bruce shows up and goes and i will train you you know oh yeah like that would be really cool like i'm i'm totally fine with and and i'm even fine with him not actually being robin like i'm okay with and i love robin yeah to be fair, he I love Robin almost I think more than I love Batman because as a kid I was able to look at Robin and see somebody who I could identify with personally yep. 
um, and then see Bruce Wayne and Batman as kind of the you know older figure that you kind of like look up to as a oh yeah that's uh, a that's, bamf I who runs around fighting crime and beating the crap out of people. That's a lot of um, people's. I mean, that's why Robin exists. I mean, that's I, honestly that was my approach into Batman was through Robin, and even today, there's a I have a lot. I mean, I love Batman, but there's a part of me that I I prefer a good Robin story. For the know? record, everybody, uh, Scott is wearing his Robin T-shirt today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. just so that everybody's clear um no and i i completely understand so what what would be cool to me though would be if they were like look joseph gordon levitt isn't going to be robin because he's not some kid that's going to get adopted by batman and blah 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 he's a full-grown adult he was a police officer instead he just goes directly into becoming nightwing yeah, or I mean, you could take a slightly bastardized version of Batman Beyond, which is basically about where Bruce has retired because he's too old to be Batman, and he kind of runs things from the cave while this new kid runs around being Batman, and so he kind of is like this resource for the guy. Um, he kind of he ends up kind of he's a more active a badassier Alfred basically in the yeah he just sits in the cave and then uh, like, Terry runs around in the suit and exactly cracks like, wise and, and yeah and he he talks to him through the intercom and he does all this stuff so you could even do that version of Batman next where it's like we still want Christian Bale to be here but we are going to really try to segue into this new hero and so you could still kind of do both if you wanted to I don't know ultimately I think a lot of this. It's it's hard. It's really kind of hard to speculate because there's this fanboy in me who I will accept anything. Where it's like you, you you're going to kill Batman in the next issue. Okay, well what happens in the issue after that? I'm going to read it. I'm on board. Let's tell a good story. You know, it's like I don't know if that necessarily is going to make the best movie, and I don't know if the wide audience would accept that. I mean, there was a lot of people who were really genuinely flummoxed by Ryan Reynolds casting as Green Lantern, not because they didn't like. Uh, uh, Ryan, Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, but because they didn't understand that Green Lantern was white, and the original Green Lantern was he. He was playing the the original Green Lantern, basically. He wasn't right. playing Alan Scott, but he was playing Hal Jordan, who is, for a lot of people, the Green Lantern. But for a lot of other people who grew up in the '90s, that's not who Green Lantern is, because a different Green Lantern, who also exists in the comic books, was included in the cartoon. And so it's like when you have people who don't know the stuff. It, uh, it's you, actually you run, almost it's actually the almost the fanboy thing in reverse a little bit. Like yeah. it's a lot of times it's you know fanboy rage over you changed something and I loved that Organic thing. Organic web how, shooters? Are you kidding me? Yeah, like they're so angry and they scream about and stuff. But at the same time, um, it kind of it's almost like what you're saying is it kind of works in the other direction where it's like I'm a huge fanboy of whatever you know pick your franchise yeah I love this so much that even if you're gonna really kind of mess with it a little bit I'm still gonna show up mm-hmm. I'm still gonna watch it still probably gonna buy it you know digitally or from on blu-ray when it comes out yeah um, whereas the general public because they don't have the same amount invested in the franchise if you screw with it too much they're gonna be like um no I'm not well that's just too weird for the, me the or it's too is, different and the thing is and People love to complain about sequels and remakes. The truth of the matter is, if we stopped watching them, they would stop making sequels and remakes. I think ultimately we don't want to have to have things explained to us. We go, it's Dirty Dancing 3? Okay. It's James Bond 75? 
Okay, because as soon as you say James Bond, as soon as you say name your franchise, you know exactly what to expect, and you're on board, or you're not. You either like love what that's all about, what that name suggests, or you don't. So if you, I say, hey, there's a new Batman movie coming out next summer. Immediately, you're like sweet action, Bruce Wayne, uh, playboy philanthropist who also dresses in the dark suit. He punches guys in the face at night because he's Batman, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Except this time, it's 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 not going to be Bruce Wayne. It's this other kid, John Blake, who Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the cop. The, wait, the cops gonna be Batman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a whole new story, huh? You know, it's like as soon as you like, I think if you strip too much of that stuff away, I think there's a general audience that becomes a little bit confused. I mean, I think that's honestly one of the problems with Superman Returns is that there was too much reliance on the original movies, and there was too much like wait. And Lois Lane has a kid, and it's maybe Superman's. And wait, what's going on now? Like yeah, they were they 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 there was there was too much like they were relying on old stuff that not everybody knew. And also, I personally have a problem with the idea that Clark Kent slash Superman took off when Lois Lane was pregnant with his kid. Like, from I don't his, know. Well, maybe yeah. I just don't know all the backstory stuff from no, the comics or from anything no else. Backstory, they, okay, good. They've never had just, a kid. Honestly, because they, and that's something they've they've addressed, and they at one point they adopted a kid, and that was a super awesome story. Um, but I mean, they've, there, they've there never are had, comics where they have like twins, right? Like where there's a and and a, a, yes, but no, it, but it's a separate continuity it's or a whatever different continuity. That's like it's yeah. a it's, it's it's this weird what ifs comic I, book nerd. But what you're talking about is a great book. I'd recommend to anybody called Secret Identity, which is about a kid growing up reading Superman comics. Who there are no superheroes in his oh, world. That's right. There's no superheroes in his world except for in comic books. And then one day, like as a teenager, he discovers he has all the abilities that Superman has. And so, yeah, they're coming to get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sent them. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean. But that was one of the. I think one of the problems with Superman Returns was like there were things that were never addressed in the comic books, never addressed in the original movies, and then you're being thrown into the action, and it's like, oh, and in these past five years that he's been gone, uh, Lois had a kid, and you're like, oh, and he shows up, and he doesn't even know Lois had a kid. He doesn't know Lois was pregnant, and so there's this weird implication of all. There's all. There's so many implications, and I think it ends up. It ended up kind of sinking the movie a little bit. That yeah. being said, I I loved Brandon Routh as Superman. I've been happy with him returning, but I'm looking forward to Henry Cavill. I hope he does well. But think, all of that said, I think, I think the studio well. I think the studios may be a little afraid to muck with the the formula too much because there's a reason it works. There's a reason Bruce. You know, there's a reason for these characters having existed for the past seventy years. Um, because honestly, a lot of it really works. People respond to it. Um, which brings me back to my to my question for you, sir. Um, why Indiana Jones? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well. Remember that that little nugget an hour it's ago. Taking, it's taking a long, long time to get there. So I mean, we finally arrived. Because this is this is my theory, and we can kind of. I think this will be kind of our last uh, conversation for this episode. Is because my theory on why. Uh, superheroes work or why we love them is for very personal reasons. There's a reason I think you love Indiana Jones more than Batman, more than Captain America and Iron Man. There's a reason that you have um, all his stuff and his movies and you've been to the stunt show and you have the hat. There's a reason for that. And so I want to know, what is it about Indiana Jones that you love so much? Well, I think 
I think that the same thing that works for me about Indiana Jones is the same thing that works for people about uh, Batman and Iron Man to a point. Is that even though no, when you when you really really get down to it, they're not regular guys. You know, they're not regular dudes because they're super intelligent, super rich, and you know, Tony Stark has the ability to make this amazing stuff. Um, and Bruce Wayne has the ability to pay for Morgan Freeman to make him amazing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but Morgan Freeman's character in those movies is, was just amazing. Um, and I loved him being there. But um, no, I think the reason that, to me, the reason that superheroes in general work at all, or any kind of hero works at all, is that we're able on some level, it doesn't matter that I can't shoot webs organically or otherwise and swing from tall buildings, um, I can connect to Peter Parker on some sort of level, emotionally and personally, where I can I can identify with some part of his story. Mm-hmm. I can identify with, you know, Indiana Jones on some level with his story. And to me, what makes Indiana Jones so accessible is that he's kind of a, a John McClane kind of character, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not in the not in the fourth movie. Um, where they do nothing but he uh, <laughs> jumps on the helicopter. He, he just curses a lot and shouts that he's supposed to be on vacation, um, <laughs> and then stuff blows up. And they use a Mercedes SUV uh, like it's a monster truck for like half an hour, running over all these other vehicles, and it doesn't doesn't ruin the car somehow. Um, kudos to the Germans. That's a, that must be a really really great car. Um, the reason for me that Superman or that not Superman, the reason that Indiana Jones works for me so much is. He is kind of an everyman character. Um, he is actually, when it comes right down to it, he's really smart, but he's also just a regular guy. And he's only really smart in certain areas. There's other things that he doesn't really know that much about or doesn't do that well at. Um, but it's, to me, very accessible. I was, uh, I've always been a big fan of history, and I don't know how much of that was... Uh, just what I would naturally have enjoyed no matter what happened and how much of it was I got turned on to watching Indiana Jones movies when I was really young Um, but he is overall I think the thing that makes him such an appealing character is he's kind of an everyman character you can envision yourself in that position if you were um, you know, put in the same set of circumstances you would hope that you would make the same kind of choices to help people and to help humanity in general a lot of times when we watch the indiana jones movies he's not running around in tights uh, and he's not saving necessarily individual people but he ends up saving the world a whole bunch like mm-hmm. you know saving us from the the nazis several times right uh and and things like that i to me there's it yes it's serialized yes there's a lot of action that's that's unbelievable um you know, in the last movie where he climbs out the window and uses his whip to wrap it around the the wires that are running across, like the telephone lines or whatever, mm-hmm. and he swings into Sean Connery's room. Mm-hmm. I like that you call that the last movie. I do. Um, <laughs> I just There's forget a, that the I, just, I own it. I own it, but I just forget <laughs> that the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull even exists. Sometimes, um, even though it was it was better than some people gave it credit for, but I understand most everybody's complaints about it, but and don't necessarily disagree with any of them. Uh, but you know, he, like he's standing in the window, and his bull his bullwhip is a certain length. Yeah, and then like when he wraps it around that thing, it goes around it like ninety times. <laughs> like there's little things where it's like 
he would have had to have been carrying around a bullwhip that like weighed 20 pounds how is he running around with that strapped to his hip it's just impossible um you know so and that's not even the biggest most unbelievable thing um that happens in any of those movies but to me it's just it's the same thing the thing that i'm find appealing about indiana jones mm-hmm. is the same thing that i find appealing um in a lot of characters and that is just that they are um not perfect mm-hmm. but they're like i said kind of an everyman character where mm-hmm. it's someone that everybody can kind of relate to yeah and what i think one of the things um it's, it's interesting to hear you say all that because i think a lot of the same words are used to describe people's love for any other superhero and i think that's really what it kind of comes down to and one of the things i like about indiana jones i think they've done very well and honestly all four movies is that he is a regular guy dealing with much than much larger than life situations whether it's fighting the nazis or the communists or dealing with these rocks that have these uh, this ability or the the ark of the covenant or like he comes face to like he lives a fairly what's, what's this life. one what's this one no, it's the ark of the covenant are you sure pretty sure pretty sure <laughs> yeah it's like he he deals with this stuff and he you know he seems very i mean i don't know how, how he he seems very existential or very you know agnostic or atheistic about his life but then he comes face to face with the supernatural and he has to deal with it on a real regular basis somehow. yeah it's like oh <laughs> wow the ark of the covenant is a real thing and it actually does real stuff it melts nazis faces off and makes them explode that's something you have to deal with that changes your worldview but also this other thing over here that's not related to the bible is also totally real and yeah. this other thing from the new testament is totally real well, and, it kind and of there's explain- space aliens it kind of opened <laughs> yeah like the the fact that the ark is is real kind of opens up the possibility that the other things from other religions or other cultures yeah. that are supernatural it's this, in nature are possible. Yeah, and it's to me that that's always been the fascinating thing about him is like this: how does he deal with that? How does when he goes home to teach? Um, how does he deal with the fact that he has seen the Ark of the Covenant and he knows it has a power beyond anything? It's not just a piece of gold. It's not just this pottery he found. It has something going on in it, and I think that's I don't know. It's always been part of my interest in the character i think it i think there's a lot to be said for that and i'm 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 actually somebody who would love to see a fifth indiana jones movie um i would be okay with it i i think that they might have to replace uh harrison ford's whip with a walker but (laughs) by the time they get around to writing it and producing and all that stuff i mean it may it may yeah well he's he's coming back as han solo so yeah yeah and i'll see what happens well and hey speaking of that freaking jj abrams uh, right. Lord of all things geek. Star. Um, like, I'm, I'm actually really excited about all of that situation. Um, but, well, well, and part of that, though, is now that Di- is now Disney owns Indiana Jones. And so they. Yeah, and I would love to see them do whatever they want with which it. Which means like, that George Lucas may or may not be involved with the next Indiana Jones movie, which I think could be okay. I think it'd actually be a huge, huge benefit. And I say that as somebody who loves the uh, wor- the, the uh, man, worlds have, and the characters. I have that worshipped he's George Lucas and all of his worlds and universes for most of my life. But there has come a point where I kind of go, "It's time to pass on that mantle." Yeah, you know? it's time for somebody else to handle this. Let someone else do it. And I think maybe you bring in somebody else, and it could be really cool. I don't know. Well, if and I would, I would be fine with George Lucas coming to to Disney and saying, "Hey, by the way." I know I sold you 
the rights to everything I've ever owned. Yeah. But hey, I created this new thing and I think it's really cool. And he gives them the idea of like this, you know, if he comes up with something really cool, then they can take it and say, hey, that's really great. We're going to give that idea to these screenwriters over here and right. these directors and these producers. Well, honestly, that, that's been his role with the Indiana Jones movies. It's always been his story and someone else screenwriting it. And then it's Steven Spielberg and directing. And Spielberg directing. And they've always kind of had this agreement that they, at least the two of them have to agree on the story. And um, there's actually, I found online, I might have it on my computer somewhere, is there's a really uh, great draft of Crystal Skull that exists that George Lucas kind of went, let's tweak this and let's tweak that. Let's change this. And some of those changes you can see. In and a lot of the changes that George himself brought to the story are some of the weaker parts that people complain about. Mm-hmm. Which is the only reason why I say what I do about him. Which is that I think he can be a good story guy. I think he's a great ideas guy. But I think sometimes he can be to his own detriment. Um, but he, it, he's, he's too clever for his own good on some stuff. Yeah, and I think, you know, now would be a great time to bring in an Uncharted movie. Oh, please. Please let it happen. <laughs> I was just about to say I would like to touch on really quickly... Or at least, you know, sure. at least touch on it briefly. We can talk about it for really as long as you'd like. Um, but... <laughs> That's another thing that, to me, makes the Indiana Jones character such a great thing because it spawned other great characters uh, created by other people that are in the same vein. You were just talking about the recent reboot of the Tomb Raider series, and yeah. you're, you're playing the heck out of that, which I yeah. really can't wait to get my hands on um, because they finally... I think Uncharted got this right before Tomb Raider got it right as far as just... It doesn't have to be hyper realistic uh, to the point of it being so gritty or so dark that like it's mm-hmm. it's you know it turns into something that it never was meant to be. But at the same time, like Laura Croft not having such large breasts that she wouldn't even be able to <laughs> run around. Okay, speaking of her breasts, I found like, this. I heard this really amazing story. Um, but uh, I think that Uncharted like, got that right first with the female characters that they had in on, on, in yes. the Uncharted series. But anyway, go ahead. Well, no, I just I, you know, because that's always been the bane of her existence um, forever is her proportions, and it's like it just it doesn't make sense. And there's part of her character now wrapped up in the fact that she is known for short shorts and huge boobies. Um, but apparently, it was a mistake. Like the, one of the guys working on the very first Tomb Raider uh, game. Um, you know, was setting the different proportions. You set, you know, you set numbers to uh, values to f- exactly do certain things. Yeah, and he set the value way too high, like on accident. And so when they rendered it out, here's this fairly proportional, athletic-looking woman with huge boobs, and uh, he was like, "Oh, oh, oh, guys, I'm so sorry. Hold on." And he went to tweak it, and people on the team were like, "No, leave it." And that's kind of how that's like, and like people like convinced him to like leave it, and that's what spawned basically what Laura everything Croft. to come after. Yeah, the, the Uncharted games to me is what's so fascinating to look at the history of these games. Is to me, I always looked at Nathan Drake and the Uncharted games as like if Laura Croft and Indiana Jones had a baby, it would be Nathan Drake because um, you have a lot of the same kind of stylings and trappings of an Indiana Jones movie. Like he is that same kind of wisecracking character who's kind of a salt-of-the-earth normal dude who gets thrown into these bigger, larger-than-life stories. But Yeah, the- his only real strength is that he loves history and is better than average at solving puzzles. Right. But like, like the, the game mechanics themselves are almost 
ripped right from the Tomb Raider games. It's like if you pick up a Tomb Raider game after playing Uncharted, it's kind of the same game. Uncharted's better written and better looking in a lot of things. But and I think their mechanics work better. I think they're done in a more natural way, but it is it's it is basically looking at this set that was already there and improving. Yeah, that's it cuz it's 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 a lot a lot of the same puzzles of like find the key, put it in the thing, push the lever, climb up the thing, jump the ledge. Yeah. It's a lot of the same stuff, but they kind of they took it up to 11. And so, what's amazing to me now is to play this new Tomb Raider game. So you have like you have the, all the old Tomb Raider games, and they kind of were running their course, and they were having issues keeping their franchise relevant. And then Uncharted showed up and was like, "Well, this is how you do it." And then Tomb Raider basically responded with, "Oh, hey, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how you do that. And so, like now, like, oh this, man, I've been I've been doing this wrong since like the, the original PlayStation. This new Tomb Raider game is like. <sighs> People are. It, it feels like a, it feels like a direct response to Uncharted, and not in a hacky copying. Like, oh, that's no. what, that's what we're going to do, kind of sort of way. But in a like, like in those same Very kind of organic. Like, hey, you know what? That in, makes sense. That that's why. This in the thing. same way that Uncharted took from Tomb Raider, now Tomb Raider's taking back from Uncharted, and it's not. Sure. Like, and I'm still looking forward to Uncharted Four, and I hope that I hope that's a long running franchise. Um, but it's I hope really, that, you know what I would like to see them do? I would like to see them. Uh, pull the same uh, stunt that Apple pulled when they stopped putting numbers on the end of the iPad, because after the iPad two, they were kind of like, you know what, this is gonna, we're gonna keep making these th- freaking things for a long, long time. So now we're just gonna call it the iPad, and then they came out with a mini, so it's the iPad with Retina display. So now there's not like, I want the the next one to just be Uncharted. And then have like a subtitle like Indiana Jones. I have to say, I really hate that. <laughs> really? <laughs> you want there to be like Uncharted Twenty Two? Well, maybe not Uncharted Twenty Two. Uncharted then, Eleven. Because then he'll definitely be in a walker as well. <laughs> um, well, yeah. But okay, as as a gamer and as somebody who I work at McKay Used Books, which is no uh, secret to um, anybody who listens to the podcast. Yeah, it really a lot of either like death or crime or both going on in my neighborhood right now. It really drives me nuts that there are now two games in the world called Tomb Raider. And there's no way to, you know, Call of Duty is the same way. It's like, there's these games, they go, we're rebooting the, we're rebooting the franchise. Or, 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 worse yet, we're not rebooting the franchise. Here's the next one. Do you have the same problem with movies? Yeah. Like, I really, like, I want... Because, like, the Avengers, there was an Avengers movie made with Uma Thurman and Ray Fiennes, and it was the Avengers from the British... Right, which is why this one's called, if you look at if you look at everything, it's Marvel's The Avengers, because they had to do that, because... Well, it depends on where you look, because some places it's that, other places it just says The Avengers. Like, IMDb, it's The Avengers, and they have the, the in parentheses, they have the, the, year. Date, the yeah. year. Well, they do that, well, because those are com- two completely different franchises. Like, The Avengers with Uma Thurman, which is an abomination of a movie, um exists as an adaptation of the avengers tv show which had nothing to do with the comic book of marvels it was it was basically that movie is that tv show um but made horrible um where (laughs) (laughs) it's that movie is that tv show but really bad it it, kind of it drives me a little bit nuts like i don't i don't mind you dropping the number like okay we're not going to make the ipad 7 but give me a new name then give call it the ipad fire call it the ipad Guggenheim, you know, give me, give me something. <laughs> I get it. Give you something differentiating because other otherwise, than just it's like, iPad. Hey, have you played Tomb Raider? Which Which one? one? Tomb Raider. The, just just Tomb Raider. Well, that's yeah. The, that's the I, one that came I out in 1994, or it's this one that came out in 2013. I like, give I get me that. At least I, you know. I, I get that. But at the fairness, same time, you did say get a subtitle, which to me 
I'm cool with. Like, if it's Indiana, because like Indiana Jones doesn't have numbers. Well, because in the okay, so in the conversation that you and I would have, and here's here's I can I can for the audience, this is exactly how the conversation between Scott and I would go. Yeah. Um, Scott would ask me because he always plays games before I get them, mm-hmm. partly because of his job. Uh, and partly because Scott is a much bigger nerd than I am. <laughs> and I, I love video games, but whatever. Scott would go, hey man, have you played the new Uncharted? He would know that I had. <laughs> because I would have gotten it day one, because that's a series that on the third one I bought the collector's edition. But, like if it was the Tomb Raider, he would say, hey, have you played, have you played Tomb Raider? And I would say, which one? And if there were a subtitle, he could go, oh, well... The Legend of Kalamazoo, or whatever they, you know, or hey, have you played the new Tomb Raider? Mm-hmm. No, I know, and that's and that's the way it goes. It's, I guess, maybe a lot of my frustration comes from working at a place where I have to look things up on the computer, or or I deal with um, uneducated idiots who are like, hey, I'm looking for a, I'm looking for, for an iPad. Uh, which, okay, good for you, sir. Well, which, like, well, what? No, the the question usually is, hey, where are the, what's the price of an, how much is an iPad? Like, well, it depends on which model you want. Well, I want to. Well, just what are the prices? Well, the iPad is this much. The iPad two is this much. The iPad three is this much. And the new one, which doesn't have a number, is called the iPad. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like how yeah. do I, like how do I explain this to this guy, or how do I differentiate it in my computer logging system? And I don't know. It's always it drives me just a little bit nuts when they just rebrand it as the original title of the thing that it was originally. It's like, well, just you know, if you're going to make a new Uncharted, don't call it Uncharted. Call it Uncharted Drake's Hemorrhage or whatever. <laughs> and then Drake's indigestion. <laughs> no, I get that. You know, and and a, honestly, Uncharted well, has always been good about that. I mean, even the first one was Drake's Fortune. And yeah, I was it started say, off with subtitles. I was going to say it's just like the it's just like books that are in a series where it's like it's the name and then there's a subtitle because even the first one was Uncharted Drake's Fortune. I would you know and and then Among Thieves and then Drake's Deception. Right, and so like, even like, like with Tomb Raider with this new one, I kind of wish it had just been called Laura Croft because it's like it's a reboot. And it's going back to before she was an adventurer. She's kind of fresh out of university and all of these things. And so to me, it's like it's not about a Tomb Raider. It's about Laura Croft. Call this one Laura Croft, and then call the next one, you know, something else. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Exactly. It's like then it, then you could go down this new naming scheme. New naming scheme. It just it it, it has always driven me a little bit nuts when they're like the new Tomb Raider game. We're going back to its roots. We're calling it Tomb Raider. You're like, really, guys? Well, you're not helping me out at all. I'll, I'll put it to you this way, though. I um, there's a, there's another podcast out there that doesn't discuss any of the stuff that you and Lauren uh, talk about. So I'm going to give them a shameless plug. Uh, it's called Free for All. Not on my podcast. Not on, not on my podcast. <laughs> you know. uh, and I understand that this is a family friendly show. I will go ahead and tell your listeners that Free for All is not. A friendly, family-friendly show. Okay. Um, these guys don't curse just for the sake of cursing, but it's three dudes sitting in a room talking about video games, right, and other nerd stuff, um, and it it does happen. So, but uh, those fellas, uh, uh, which are also here in in the southeast in the greater Chattanooga area, um, talked about the new Tomb Raider and just had nothing but really good things to say about it. So they really, really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm just. To me, I'm just glad that they came out with a, a new game and that it's mm-hmm. good. Uh, they even told, they even said that to them, it felt a little like an Uncharted game mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways, and that actually excites me because 
I'm probably going to have to wait until the launch window of the PlayStation 4 before I get another Uncharted game, right? which makes me sad. And The Last of Us looks really nice, but uh, I don't know. I, I want more of the same. Like, I want more Nathan yeah. Drake. I want more, like, running around adventure stuff, not so much the running away from people who are infected, basically zombies. Well, and that's, and that's what's kind of cool about this new game, is that it what it took from the Uncharted games, more than anything, I think, is the focus on story. Where, like, a lot of the previous Tomb Raider games, it was clear that they had built this really cool puzzle, and here's this other puzzle. Like, I really feel like they kind of sat down and said, okay, what are, what is she looking for this time, and what are some cool puzzles you know, slash set pieces that we can do. And then they piece together a story that would put her in these weird predicaments and situations where you would have to solve these kind of situations. Where this feels like when you play Uncharted, the Uncharted games feel very uh, organic. It's like, well, it makes sense then that he would do this and end up in this situation. They, their storytelling is very tight and very uh, believable. For as big of an unbelievable story as it may be. Right. And that's how this this new Tomb Raider um, game kind of feels. Where it's like, it's crazy the things that are going on and the stunts that she's pulling off. And it's kind of amazing. But at the same time, it all makes sense. Like, one thing naturally leads to the other. And it's cool. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, and see, that's I played a, it probably about four hours last night. Cool. That's really cool. <laughs> that's, that's actually a really... Um, I guess kind of a delicate balance that Naughty Dog has done, mm-hmm. in my opinion, a perfect job. Not just a good job, but a perfect job of kind of being able to walk a tightrope where it's realistic enough that it's relatable and it, and it doesn't get so super serialized that it's yeah. just kind of crazy. But it also... Um, has these fantastic kind of moments of, of craziness where stuff's exploding and things are happening. The whole, the entire train scene from Uncharted 2 is one of the oh, greatest man. sequences in any video game Which maybe mean, ever. Like the, the, basically that first... Um, yeah, the, the first and then it, you end up repeating it later. Yeah, that, um, that's one of the best openings to a game I have ever sat down and played. I mean, there's there's been some great ones, but like Uncharted 2, I would have to rank as maybe the best, or it's it's definitely in the top five of just like just this cold opening of like what is going on? And I love oh, that, yeah. I love that reoccurring joke that the Uncharted games basically have where they all kind of begin with him dangling from something, you know? Yeah. They, <laughs> they, all, they all kind of start with him like, oh, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he always kind of wakes up from having been knocked unconscious from something yeah. that he probably could have avoided if he just hadn't made like a really stupid and overly bold move yeah um yeah no i that to me has been one of the just the tone and i guess the storytelling of the uncharted games has been uh my favorite thing and they're they're my favorite uh the guys over at free for all do a geek sheet uh every episode different favorites and things like that and, and uncharted i don't know which order i would put the three of them in on my top five but uh, i think they it's pretty safe to say that they're all in the top five. <laughs> They're probably all in the top five when you get right down um, to it. And then you'd have to go back to some old uh, last, Nintendo 64 classics. Last thing I want to say about the new Tomb Raider game, which is not exactly where I thought this conversation would begin. Me either, but you know, darn it, it's good. So The last thing I want to say about it, which is something I appreciate because I'm a dude and I like girls. I like looking at girls. Girls are awesome. He does, guys. I've known Scott many years. He was in my <laughs> wedding. Uh, that's how long I've known him. And, it's true. And, and he, he does like a the ladies. But there is a part of me that 
it always drove me a little bit nuts about the sexualization of Laura Croft. Like, there's a part I just go, ah. And of w- women in general in comic books, going back to the superhero comic thing. Comic books and movies, yeah. We that, use that to tie that back oh, in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, th- that's, and that's, that's a conversation that I would love to have at some point, too. Um, but they have toned and tamed her down to a degree that is really nice. Like, my wife walked in and saw me playing Tomb Raider and went, oh, hey, she's cute. I like what they've done with her. You know, it's like she had like this really kind of positive reaction to it. Where in the past, if she walked in, and she has in the past walked in and seen me play Tomb Raider, and has gone, "Yeah, how did she do that? That that's 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 not how did you know?" It's like whether it's the short shorts or the the huge chest or all these things. It's like they've toned it down, and and she's a little bit smaller all around. She's more proportional. She's see, she looks like an athlete. She looks like somebody who probably spends her days swimming and running around. I mean, so she's still sleek. She's still there's still a sex a sexy quality to her, but it's now it's more of a reaction to her character and what she's doing, which is what I love. Which is part of where I think where I would love to see m- women treated that way more in movies and in comic books and in video games because that's how men are treated nobody i mean this is uh, people are going to laugh at this but i i don't think people look at harrison ford as indiana jones or daniel craig as james bond and see him intrinsically as a good-looking sexy character but it's the way that they end up treating people it's the way that they act and behave that actually makes them attractive it well, yeah i mean it doesn't daniel help craig- it doesn't help that daniel craig is probably one of the most handsome men on earth but at the same time um Kelly, when she first saw the trailer for Casino Royale, was like, "Who's this guy? He's not good looking. He's not. He's not Pierce Brosnan, you know." And then she saw the movie Casino Royale, and it didn't take much. It might have just taken to the scene where he comes up out of the water in his little speedo, <laughs> where she was like, "Well, hello." <laughs> well, hello, sailor. And so yeah. But, and so now it's like she sees him, and even in this most recent movie where he's a little bit more beaten down and broken as a character. Um, still sees him as this very attractive character and i would i would like for us to get there with our females because to me it's it's absurd and also a little bit uh insulting to me even as a guy for someone to go hey this is sexy right boobs it's like well yeah i i, I like those but i mean look, just look, hearing here's... them on the screen doesn't make them sexy yeah it doesn't make it awesome no i i completely agree and one of the things that i actually i, I couldn't believe when i heard it was for the for the Tomb Raider movies that Angelina Jolie was in, they yeah. actually made her boobs larger. Yeah. Like she didn't have surgery or anything, but like they padded everything they could. Every outfit she was wearing was specifically made to make her look like she had even bigger boobs than she already does. Which is ridiculous because we're talking about Angelina Jolie. And I'm like, <laughs> why why did I just I I mean, yeah, I mean I get that sex sells to a point, but at the same time it's like it's Angelina Jolie. Jolie, I mean, you know, she's but, a bit of all right. Yeah, <laughs> how is how is she without having to pat her bra well, not hot enough? What what is interesting about that is that, um, from my understanding, they did that in the first movie, and when they asked her to come back for a second movie, she said, "I'll do it, but you're not patting the bra." Like she kind of was like, "You can give me a push-up bra. You can, you know, we can do sexy. That's fine." But let's be realistic about this, you know. And so my understand, my that's my understanding. So if you watch the first and second movie, she actually does appear to be smaller, uh, which is, this is such a weird conversation. <laughs> it <laughs> is. It's a strange conversation. It's a weird, but, it, but at the same time, it, it's it's relevant and it's one that we actually I think need to have. It just well, it's one that it, always makes me just a little bit uncomfortable. Well, and it, uh, and here's the thing: like if if 
just talking about since this is a superheroes you should love thing one thing to talk about is the fact that generally comic book and video game nerds are guys I'm not saying that let's, girls. Well, let's before not, we open before we open that kind of worms. Let's hold on to that. Maybe I'll have you back. Okay. Because I feel like that is another hour long conversation. Sure. Well, just <laughs> and and really and and all and all I'll say about it for the moment is just yes, there are girls who play video games. A lot of girls don't, and I know personally some girls who don't. Who when they see girls who have been designed and treated in the same way that Elena in the Uncharted series, right. And the new uh, the new version of Laura Croft, the way that they're treated, they really actually appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, because even if it's something that a guy might not even really bat an eye at when they're playing a game like Uncharted, that the little you know the the love interest chick is you know really large chested, mm-hmm. um, he might not even really notice that. But like uh, uh, one of my family members actually saw the Uncharted game being played, and she was like. That's really nice. That's actually really nice to see that, like, she's treated as someone who's young and attractive, um, but not someone who looks like they must have been surgically enhanced. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, oh, if, I mean, if, if there's a pull away, I would love for you know just stronger character design all around for everybody. You know, I think I think it works. You give Indiana Jones his characters and his foibles, and he becomes somebody. I, I feel like you know. Daniel Craig is the first time it's it's worked for me where not only is James Bond become a character that I want to be but you know but not not only is he a character I want to be he's a character women also seem to really love you know it's like I feel like I feel like they have met and then maybe maybe that's just me for the first time responding to Daniel Craig going oh I would like I would like to be this character and I've never said that about James Bond before um but I don't know. Anyway, those are all, and, it, and it, it, it may really also just be Daniel Craig. I think he's a great actor. It's true. I, I really haven't ever disliked him in a role, even if he has been in movies I haven't enjoyed. There's a, there's a couple, but really? uh, Golden Compass wasn't great. Oh, uh, you know what? I didn't see that. It's not great. You know what he's great in though? Uh, Girl with a dragon tattoo. He is great in that. That's Which I, I got to say, that. this it's... is a family-friendly podcast. There is some rough rough stuff in that movie and in those books yeah i i've I, i've talked about it before i think i oh, okay. i, I kind of well. reviewed it as a movie that is did uh, you guys review that movie not not as you know every podcast kind of has us where we talk about what we've enjoyed what we've watched and then we then we roll into like the review of the of the week oh yeah no i remember you, you it was the what have you been watching segment at the exactly. top of the show i remember exactly. you, i i talked you did about it, it. Um, and I to me I, I i completely agree with what he just said is like it's a movie that honestly is pretty great it's it's, if you want to have a really great twist at the end of a a kind of a mystery sort of you know what's going on kind of movie um i think that the twist at the end of that that, and you have two really phenomenal characters which is what makes the rough stuff work because if you had some of the stuff that's in that movie just to be in the movie because like hey look guys it's rape that drives me nuts. I, I do, those scenes in any movie always make me super uncomfortable. And if it's not done right, I don't know. When it's done just to be salacious, it, it drives has me nuts to drive it, the character. Yeah, it but has to drive you, the character in the story. When you see that this is a character who, uh, that character is somebody who is being taken advantage of and abused by every everything in her life, whether it's her work, it's her government, it's the men in her life. Everybody takes advantage of her and hurts her until she meets. Daniel Craig's character, who treats her like a human being. Mikhail treats- Bloomquist. Yes. Uh, 
he treats her like as an equal because she brings something to the table that is helpful for his thing and he doesn't use her any any differently than he would you know use another partner he doesn't abuse her and so that what's that's what makes those two characters to me so interesting is that they both have their own weaknesses and strengths and then coming together it propels the story and so to me it becomes a very she becomes a very strong female character um even though she has horrible things done to her and maybe because she has horrible things done to her and rises above it anyway that's well, a conversation for another day. Oh sure, yeah. I was just going to say that I'm listening to the second of the series on audiobook, yeah. and I hope that they, I hope that they do make a, a second movie because her character becomes an even stronger uh, female lead. Um, That's cool. In this, in the second book, which I, I really, I always enjoy. Cool. Um, okay, so I think we're, I think we can wrap this one up. Maybe I'll have you back and we can talk about girls some more. Um, in the meantime, is there? I know you have a blog where you, you you've been uh, posting about some tech stuff. I do, yeah. I um. Where, where can people find you online? I am at Justin North on Twitter and at Justin North on App.net for anybody who is nerdy enough to be on App.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually a paid service, very similar to Twitter, for anybody who doesn't know. But if you are into um, technology, there are a lot of really really interesting conversations going on uh, from people. Um, who are involved in the, in the tech community, um, people who write for... I'm a big Apple person, so um, guys who write for Macworld and who also just comment on technology in general, um, developers, a lot of those guys are on app.net. Um, my blog is at justinnorth.net. Um, I am my own network, Ooh. apparently. Um and, and mostly it's going to be it, most of my posts are, are focused around technology yeah, that's what I do for a living so um, most of it's related to that so mm-hmm. hopefully if you if you want to check that out feel free be happy to have you um, don't go look at it if you think it's going to be <laughs> about superheroes because you will be disappointed <laughs> cool and uh, as always I am Scott Fogg here and you can find uh if, you, if you're finding us on iTunes or somewhere else, or because Justin and I are linking to it online, uh, you can find us at moviesyoushouldlove.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Pretty much any kind of variation of movies you should or at movies you should love or something along those lines. I'm also... I believe it's at movies you should. Uh, yes, on Twitter we're at movies you should. On Facebook I think we're movies you should love. Um, find us. You know, uh, Share us with friends. Comment. Please let us know what you think. Um, what do you think about Indiana Jones or other superheroes? Um, you know, this is this is. A, we're, we're calling it superheroes you should love but really I think this could I think we're broadening the scope of it a little bit and I'm totally cool with that because I think there's a lot of different types of genre specific characters that deserve um, maybe a, an examination why why do we have these franchises that run for 20 movies or even just 4 movies why why do we get excited when we hear there's going to be a new Indiana Jones movie your thoughts find us yell at us ask us questions I'm all about it until next time um, yeah See you guys later. Goodbye, everyone. Well, that sounded dire. (laughs) It did. It sounded really creepy. Let me try that one more time. Bye, guys. Goodbye, everybody. Send food. (laughs) I'm Batman. I'm so hungry. I'm Batman. (laughs) Never mind, guys. Batman's here. So It's going to be okay. You've been listening to the Movies You Should Love podcast. Join in the conversation at moviesyoushouldlove.com.